Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and today is another interview. Uh, It's a special one. Uh, You know him as a podcast producer for Earwolf, a podcaster himself on Candy Dinner and How Did This Get Played, and many more. He has a Weezer podcast. We're going to get into all that. Uh, Plus, he's an improviser, comedian, all-around swell guy. I'm happy to be joined by Matt Apodaca. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Of course. uh, It's it's just surreal having you on our program. I love uh, all the things that you're involved in, but for anyone who's unfamiliar with you and your work, can you maybe do a little elevator pitch on uh, who you are and what you do? Uh, yeah, so I'm a uh, you know performer, I guess. Yeah, comedian from Los Angeles. I've been at the UCB Theater for since, what, Oof. Uh, 2012. I'm an improviser. Uh, and I've written sketch there as well. And, uh, now I produce podcasts and I've been doing that for, well, I've been working here at Earwolf for about two years. Uh, but I have a, a podcast called, uh, what's with these homies talking about Weezer. That's my own show, uh, where I talk about Weezer with people who, uh, maybe don't like the band. And, um, <laughs> and I have another podcast called Candy Dinner with one of my oldest friends, Ify Wadiway. Yeah, we've actually had him on our show many years ago. In fact, I was looking into it. I was like, oh, God, that was 2016. So it's almost four years ago now. So, yeah, he's overdue. We'd love to have him maybe back on the show. Maybe we could have you both together. Um, But it's just super exciting to have you on the program. Thank you. Uh, But that's what I mean. You have so many podcasts and stuff. But let's first maybe uh, discuss, like, your background in podcasting. Like, what was your journey to becoming a podcast producer at Earwolf? Well, I mean, I I guess... What I I think I uh, had started a podcast before I had ever heard one before. Uh, like I knew what they were, but I just uh, like wasn't listening to them at the time because I uh, Ify and I started Candy Dinner like a long time ago. Maybe I had heard podcasts at that point. Now I'm thinking about it. But we started Candy Dinner like when we were in Improv uh, 401 at UCB together. Like um, we knew each other in high school and we're doing improv in Orange County. And then we started taking UCB classes together in what I think like 2014 or something. And yeah, I think so. I think that would put it at about, but maybe, uh, yeah, that sounds right. I don't know why I'm doubting my own story. Um, (laughs) No worries. (laughs) uh, But uh, we would drive pretty far basically to get to LA. We weren't living in Los Angeles proper at the time. And we would uh, just put a phone one of our phones in the cup holder of my car and drive and talk and then put that out as is really. And, uh, so like that was, we were, that was, uh, candy dinner, uh, version 1.0. Uh, right? oh man, is that still available on the internet somewhere? <laughs> I, I hope not. I, 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 I don't think so. Uh, but, That's uh, <laughs> if, if it is keep it to yourself, yeah, uh, fair enough. <laughs> uh, but it, that was like the version of it. And then, I mean, obviously I was listening to, I think I started listening to comedy bang, bang, like, uh, like right before, like right before it changed to, uh, you know, from death ray to comedy bang, bang. And I was listening right. to WTF at the time. So I was always a big fan of podcasts and, and comedy in general. Uh, but I, I, you know, I, I worked at the UCB theater for a long time, uh, as well. Like as a performer there, I worked the, you know, the, the box office as the house manager. And so I came to meet a lot of fun and like, uh, you know, I guess successful people, uh, cause yeah. they all had podcasts here. And when I was looking for a job to get out of, uh, working at a nice restaurant, I, uh, hit all of them up and was like, Hey, would you please recommend me, uh, to work at Earwolf? You guys know that I'm nice. 
So let them uh, hire me, please. And all of them wrote letters of recommendation, which was very nice. But then, That's you know, fantastic. I, which got me an interview, uh, which then I uh, obviously nailed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so what shows do you currently produce? And maybe, I guess, what was the first show you started producing for Earwolf? Uh, well, my first shows, I got two right away when I got here. Um, they were uh, Query and Put Your Hands Together. Put Your Hands Together no longer is a show, but yeah. I still I still work on Query a little bit. Like they have, uh, uh, Cameron has a uh, producer that helps her with it, like outside of here, and then I sort of do like the earwolf things for it. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. And I just curious, like, what does a producer entail? Like, I remember when we had, I guess it was either Kevin or you song on. Uh, I, I was Kevin. I'm positive. I was asking him, like, are, oh, do you edit the shows and stuff? And or no, I'm mixing up my own interviews. When we had you song on, I was like, oh, do you edit the Doughboys podcast? And he's like, no, that's actually Emma's job. So what does producing entail for you at Earwolf? Well, in my version of it, because I work on Query, put your I work on Query, Improv for Humans. Um, Culture Kings and uh, how did this get played? I almost forgot. Like the uh, <laughs> that's the one I do the most work on. But like um, with uh, Culture Kings and how did this get played? I do listen back to them and uh, you know make edit points. Like I give the engineer time codes and they they edit it. So they do the work on that end. I don't. Uh, I'm not the best at that stuff. So I, I trust the experts on that. And, you know, I sort of make the the call to be like, okay, chop this, chop this or whatever. Uh, and then when it comes down to like inter, like, uh, or, you know, behind the scenes stuff, there's like, you know, making sure that they, things come out. It's not that exciting. <laughs> it, <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry if yeah. this is like super inside baseball no. for our listeners, but I feel like we, I don't know, a lot of our audience is uh, really into the niche podcasting shit, so yeah. we're good. It's more meetings than you would uh, suspect. Uh, there's, yeah, there's like meetings about, um, you know, numbers and ads and things like that so we like i i handle all that stuff all like the sort of behind the scenes stuff that you probably wouldn't think about when you're listening to it but like totally uh, it's a lot of like taking phone calls with brands and uh being like yeah they won't say that um (laughs) like on on the phone or whatever and then um it's a lot of like Making sure on my end, like I like to make sure that my uh, hosts are happy too, though. So like I always like to make sure that uh, like Cameron's feeling good before she goes into record or like that Nick and Heather have everything they need before they get started. I help them with like segments and things like that. I have a little more. I have a hands on uh, role on that show. And like with Culture Kings, I like I help schedule a lot of their stuff and come in on, you know, whenever they need it to to help them out. All right. Well, then I guess that leads into a couple of uh, my first questions for you. Yeah. Uh, Did you, well, when, how did this get played? I know you were introduced as a producer. Did you anticipate becoming as actively involved as you are, like in the conversations and uh, bringing up segments like Game That Tune? I absolutely love it. In fact, I have a very (laughs) similar kind of audio quiz for you later that uh, ours ours is called What's That Sound? So hopefully (laughs) we'll get to that. But uh, that's what I mean. You really uh, bring a lot to the table for that show. And was that, from the get-go, the anticipation of the of everyone at Earwolf? Uh, not necessarily, because, like, I mean, for the most part, producers 
Um, you know, that's like an off mic thing because a lot of it happens behind the scenes. Every show here has a producer. Not every show has a producer that you hear, obviously. Um, uh, but like Nick and Heather, I knew Nick uh, uh, before, uh, and I knew Heather a little bit before, but like once we were getting things going in like the pilot phase, they were sort of like, we could use like a third, like a person on mic so like i don't i try not to um like uh, they would tell me to do this more i'm sure but i try to not like uh insert myself too much uh but they've been they're very gracious and are like please say more things uh which is which is (laughs) which is very nice of them but i know that's not that's that i'm not the show so i i i I often uh, defer to them uh and then when i do say something uh i hope it's good and, then, and if it's not, uh, it, I don't uh, leave it in. I cut it out. No, dude, you're totally good. In fact, your catchphrase is like swept the nation. I feel like that's the thing. I, it was just I feel like everyone who starts podcasting always wants to like end an episode with a certain phrase or start an episode with a certain phrase. And even I might have said like, hey, everyone, when I started this episode, I do that just instinctually. And now I feel like I'm stepping on your toes. Yeah, you sort of you missed it with hey everyone. a little bit. Yeah, you kind of you, if you had found hello, everyone, you'd probably still be saying it every week. But right, that's you know. what I mean. But I, I was close, but no cigar on that. But you <laughs> found it. And it's uh, everyone is in love with it. In fact, some of the questions I have from uh fans later are gonna ask you about that which i'm not sure how much there is uh to say but that's just uh yeah hello everyone is a great m- greeting well if people like it the shirt's out now you can get yeah, the shirt. i saw that <laughs> get the shirt people that's awesome <laughs> all right um but one thing i wanted to ask you was uh when did you realize you wanted to uh, start your own podcast, like the Weezer podcast? Was that directly influenced by, uh, say, you talking you two to me? Uh, not necessarily, because I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm aware of that show, and I love, uh, I love Scott. Scott did the show, and I, yeah. you know, I, I love Adam. Also, I don't know him, uh, but I, I like his work. Uh, but I've never heard their show, <laughs> and I, I, I assumed I, I know based on what I've read about the show that uh, they do talk about, uh, you know, U2 or REM uh, at length, but a lot of the show is not talking about um, uh, the the bands. Right. Uh, so, but so mine is not as good or funny as theirs because they're very funny. <laughs> um, but my show is more like I, I, it came from a place of me just like loving Weezer and wanting to do that for like a long time, but not having, um, like a sort of means of doing it like because you know right. uh, i'm uh i consider myself very fortunate because i you know do all that stuff here at work when it's not at, when not when it's work time which is nice and uh of them to let me do that and i uh because otherwise you know i don't have i'd have to buy my own gear all my own stuff so like there's a lot of uh things that you know prevent people from uh, being able to do their own shows, uh, access is a big part of it because it's like you know not everybody can buy a microphone um, necessarily a good one, a good sounding one I guess I should say right. um, but so like I just I you know was working here knew how uh, had a pretty rudimentary understanding of how uh, the equipment works uh, you know, as evidenced by uh, us being able to talk right now <laughs> and uh, decided that I was going to just start. Um, as I did, you know, to get a job here, uh, call in some more favors and had some fun, uh, guests come through. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh man. So 
as a I'm not personally a Weezer fan, but I know you are. I wanted to yeah. say, what's your favorite album and where's to start? Because me, all I really know when I hear Weezer is Beverly Hills. So I'm like the ultimate noob. Yeah, I mean, for I the pl- best place to start, I think, is their first album, the Blue Album. I think it's top to bottom perfect that I have no notes for it. Um, okay, awesome. And then their second album, I think, is maybe my favorite. I, I can go back and forth on Blue or Pinkerton. Uh, <laughs> but, like, Pinkerton is is a just a stone-cold classic. Like, it's, you know, it, it was a failure when it came out, and then it was remembered as one of the best, like, uh, mid-'90s um like emo albums of all time. And it's just, it's so good. Totally. Some of the, the lyrics uh, have aged poorly. Uh, <laughs> As you know. a lot of things do. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's, I think it's incredible. It's, it's just great. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, and this is another thing I have to mention, like we talked about comedy, bang, bang and Scott Ackerman. Yeah. You have a background in improv improvised comedy. Uh, you've taken many classes at UCB. In fact, I encourage our listeners to check out the episode of maybe don't you were <laughs> on. Cause I learned some really fun stuff about you there. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing. To go from uh, improviser to now you're on Comedy Bang Bang, how how did that make you feel? That, that was like uh, – that was really like full circle for me. And I didn't really get to um, thank Scott like in person because I was uh, very nervous to be doing the show. But uh, – Understandable. Like, yeah. Uh, but like Scott rules and they – you know, they had a – the behind the scenes thing there is that they had a lot of, they had a last minute like bail, like somebody like got sick and couldn't come. Uh, Oh, shucks. So they were trying to get somebody to fill it in. And I was myself not feeling very good. Uh, I like was working from home that day and then, you know, was trying to also help Kevin um, try to book a, you know, a, a, another improviser and i i think we tried together like four or five people before uh it came down to do you just want to do it and i was just like well of course i want to do it is this the time that i do it when i'm uh you know not feeling a hundred percent and then that turned out to be yes and so i drove down and and came and did it and came up with my you know my thing on the way over and it was it was so fun and i uh you know i really appreciated uh, scott taking a ch- uh, chance on me yeah oh my god dude you crushed it ab actually and i was Thank gonna you. say i was hoping that we hear more from you on the show in the future if at all possible and hopefully it's not under those circumstances and yeah. it's like oh you did a great job because uh like i said i have uh, fan questions for you later but one of our uh people that submitted questions, they just said, tell him he was hilarious on Comedy Bang Bang. So that's not even a question, but we'll shout that out uh, from Cody Wickman. So yeah, I agree, Cody. Uh, You did a really good job. Yeah, I mean, I I loved doing it. I would hope to do it again, obviously. Uh, But uh, it was, yeah, that was like a, a true dream come true as somebody who's been listening to it for, you know, 10 years. Yeah, it, I think, oh man, this is probably even before we had Iffy on, but we had John Gaberson back in like 2016, and yeah. he had like the same kind of uh, epiphany of like, I've been listening to the show for so long, and now I get to be on it. It's such That's such a cool thing. Yeah. But, okay, the real reason I'm having you on our podcast is because we're a video game podcast, and Hell you're yeah. a producer on How Did This Get Played, so it's like, holy shit, this is exciting. And we had Nick on uh at least two years ago now. God, it's weird how time flies and we're still doing this goddamn podcast. <laughs> but uh, 
that's the thing. I wanted to ask you, do you consider yourself much of a gamer or did you kind of find yourself producing this podcast and being like, now I play games? Uh, I would say gamer is such an interesting word for me because obviously uh, depending on uh, who's saying it or who you're saying it to, it can be kind of uh, loaded. Um, but sure. like I, I do play video games. I've been playing video games like I guess my whole life. Like I had um uh, my first system was a, a PlayStation One. I got a Game Boy Color. I, uh, you know, I always missed the the first thing because uh, I uh, just that's by virtue of uh, my age. But I, um, <laughs> I got yeah, PlayStation One, Game Boy Color, then straight into PlayStation Two, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Advance SP, um, and then I got uh, you know, the I got the I got a launch DS that I still have, um, and. I, I love that thing. I, you know, PlayStation 2, I, I, I think I mentioned that. And I have, you know, I'm, I've been a PlayStation guy my whole life and um, was basically a Nintendo handhelds guy. Uh, and then the Switch came and uh, truly just changed my entire life. I love the I love the Nintendo Switch. Absolutely. It's yeah. a total game changer uh, console of the year. But then then again, we have uh, new consoles on the horizon. And I'm going to ask you about that in the future. But let's yeah. get back into your gaming background. So you mentioned a bunch of consoles and stuff. But what would you say is like the first game you recall playing that was like really formative for your younger years? Oh, man. I mean, I would. So a lot of the gaming that I did uh, when I was like very young was voyeuristic because I was watching my uncle play video games. So I don't remember. I think the first game that I had was Tony Hawk's pro skater. Uh, oh my gosh. PlayStation yeah. one and classic. Uh, yeah. It's that game. I, you know, that game is everything to me. I love that. I love that game. Hell yeah. Dude. yeah. Oh man. I played, I put so many hours into like a lot of those early Tony Hawk games. And in fact, uh, in recent years I bought Tony Hawk pro skater five. Cause I'm like, I have this skateboarding itch, even though I I'm terrible at it in real life. So I'm like, let me do it in a video game with updated graphics. But oh man, they really shit the bed with Tony Hawk pro skater five. That was just it's a crappy game. A travesty. In fact, I really think you guys should play it on your podcast. <laughs> it, the thing is, it's like with, with stuff like that, it's like, I, there are games that are bad, but then there are games that are just like not like, very inter- un- uninteresting <laughs> to talk about. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing quite uh, interesting about how bad the uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 is. I guess That's except the, the, the fire, like having to go through fire and that does something to your board or some shit. Uh, yeah. th- that game sucks and it doesn't even it control does. in the way that you want it to. I'm trying to think of like what control, what Tony Hawk game I think controlled the best. It would probably be like um, the Tony Hawk's Underground uh, yeah, American thug, Wasteland yeah. uh, controls I think were some of the best ones. I agree 100%. It's just a weird thing that, like, in the early 90s, like, skateboarding games and snowboarding games, like, cool boarders and stuff, there's this huge craze of all these types of games and uh, lots of sequels, and then it really just died off in recent years. Like, we haven't really had a good skateboarding game in a long time. Like, people keep saying they want Skate 4, is it, at this point? I forget. There's this new Uh, one that's coming out. I think it's called... I can't remember. I know which one you're talking about. Session or something? Yeah, Yeah. Session. And it looks fantastic. Yeah, Session looks like it's going to be really, really something. And then there's this other one coming out called uh, Skatebirds. Yes, we've talked about that too. I can't wait. Oh, man, Skatebird is completely on my radar. Yeah, Uh, I'm very dialed into uh, because I, you know, that itch has gone unscratched for some time. And I'll (laughs) I'll take any skateboarding game in any shape. I'll tell you, you know what? I'm in for Skatebirds. I hear that. Oh, man, that's awesome. You hear that, right, Tom well, Nook? Then... I'm canceling my pre-order. 
what uh, games do you play these days? Uh, you mentioned Switch, so I'm curious, like, what uh, games do you pop in Switch recently? Jesus. I mean, the thing about the Nintendo Switch for me is it has given me access like I've never had before. Right. Because like that thing is obviously I can take it wherever I want. I can take full ass games anywhere that I want. So that means I buy any game that seems interesting to me at that time, even if I have not finished a game. So I think I probably have, uh, you know, close to maybe 30 games on my switch that I that I uh, and I've finished maybe like three of them. (laughs) (laughs) I know how that goes. (laughs) Yeah. But like right now I'm in the middle of playing um, Link's Awakening, Luigi's Mansion. I restarted Breath of the Wild. Um, I'm playing Marvel Ultimate Alliance three on switch. I have Final Fantasy seven on the switch because I never played that before. Um, I'm playing Diablo three, you know. I'm playing all these games at one time and then I'm getting overwhelmed and putting my switch down because I don't know uh, which game I want to focus on. And then on, you know, PS4, I have that also. And I'm playing uh, Death Stranding and Jedi Fallen Order right now. Nice. Oh, man, I have the same exact problems as you. Too many games to play. Too many games. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That's just how that works. Um, but okay. Uh, are you excited for any ga- upcoming games in 2020? I know you mentioned, uh, this is your first time playing final fantasy seven. So, yeah. uh, do you intend on getting the remake? I know there's a lot of hype surrounding it. I'm guessing that I am going to get the remake. Um, because like, look, I gotta be part of the conversation, right? right. I gotta know what's going on. And, you know, I, I downloaded the demo and I was uh, pretty impressed with the demo. Uh, oh, yeah. and then it made me want to finish the original because i i have it on ps4 and switch i bought it twice don't uh, be ashamed i've yeah. done it too many times myself with many different games and so has our co-host aj with overwatch specifically yeah. <laughs> it, well, with, with this one too with final fantasy 7 it's like it's always like ten dollars so I'm, I'm just like yeah i got ten dollars oh i'll buy it on this thing now and it's like you know if i can get it on my phone I'll probably get it on my phone too. Uh, yeah, same with Final Fantasy IX. Yeah. I own that on pretty much every platform it's available. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm pretty excited for uh, Animal Crossing, the new one. Uh, that looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I've not played totally. A, I've not played a console uh, Animal Crossing yet. I've only played Pocket Camp, and I you know gave up on Pocket Camp. But I'm ready to uh, sell my soul to to Tom Nook. I'm ready. <laughs> nice, awesome. Yeah. And, okay, we briefly talked about the next generation of consoles, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Uh, So we got PS5 and the next Xbox. I don't even know if they announced what the name is yet, but I'm, like, Xbox 2, maybe? I think Uh, it's called, I think it's just called Xbox. Oh, I think so. bastards. I just don't, the, the naming conventions from Microsoft just bug me so bad, because I remember I would call the original Xbox an Xbox One when the 360 came out. Yes. I'm like, now it's all sorts of fucked. Well, now it's just like referring to an Xbox. That just goes to show why I've never supported them. I've never yeah. I've never even touched an Xbox controller. Oh damn, you take it to another level. They're never <laughs> they're never gonna take my they're never gonna take my uh my my kids away from me. My my Sony PlayStation or my Nintendo. Never. Fair enough. Yeah, no. Uh but so I guess you'd have no memories of Halo in your in your past? I remember watching a bunch of my friends play Halo and not being interested. Like uh, you know, I I don't play uh first person shooters very well. Uh they do make me a little uh motion sick. But I remember watching oh, sure. I've been watching my I remember watching my friends play it and be like 
that seems fun, but I no thank you. Oh yeah, very high fast paced combat, and uh, yeah. especially if you're playing online, uh, you just get completely owned. So I don't yeah. recommend it anyway. But it, God, I, I hate when I get have, owned. <laughs> I have some nostalgia with those games. I do think the story for the first and second Halo were fantastic. If you just play the story mode by yourself, but um. I agree, though. I'm a super PlayStation fanboy, and uh, all the exclusives, like you're mentioning Death Stranding and all this other stuff. But, oh man, if they, at the launch of PlayStation 5, announce that they're going to drop it with, like, Dark Cloud 3, a franchise they haven't touched in, like, what feels like centuries, or not centuries, uh, decades, I would freak out, but I'm also uh, being realistic with myself. That's most likely not going to happen. Yeah, uh, I'm like, I'm excited for PS5, but I'm, you know, I'm going to wait because like, I don't, well, I guess I don't know how, what I mean by I'm going to wait because it comes out in uh, holiday 2020, right? Correct. I mean, there's a chance I get it right when it comes out, but uh, you know, I know what you mean. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I, and I usually am not that person for like my whole life. Actually, I was always the guy that's like, I'm going to wait till it drops a couple hundred dollars. But like this time around, it's like, oh, it depends on what exclusives they are really like yeah. pushing at launch. Like if they told so, me uh, that the new Spider-Man game was ready at launch, I would get it. Oh, hell yeah. But oh, I, might, I might that might be my system seller. But that's also the thing is, I feel like the PlayStation Pro and whatever the Xbox One S or X, whichever one their super powerful one is, it's like we have extraordinarily powerful uh, gaming consoles. Yeah. I feel like these are going to be like, what? Oh, this supports 8K, something our TVs don't support just yet. Like, I was going to say, I, I have an old TV, so like this thing is going to have to, I'm going to be spending money on a TV <laughs> too. Oh, absolutely. It's going to have to go hand in hand. Yeah, they got so, me. Yeah, that's what I mean. I guess I will be waiting. Yeah. I don't have uh, that much expendable cash. But it's uh, just something interesting to keep uh, in mind that that's happening this year. Uh, it's going to be a really crazy game for years. Yeah. Uh, or a uh, year for games. God, I always say that backwards. <laughs> but all right. So one thing I did want to do is some fan questions for you before we maybe play an audio quiz. Um, so let's get into that. Uh, right. Christopher Roundborg, I'm sorry if I mispronounced your last name, says, what kind of game would you make if you were a developer? Because they were uh, contemplating if you were a game dev at any point in your life. Oh, well, I've never worked in game development, but um, it seems like uh, that would be, uh, from what I understand, an absolute nightmare. Um, (laughs) But I don't know. Like My favorite kinds of games are, I, I love Pokemon, but I could never... I don't think I have the brain to make something like that. Like I always think about like when uh, people um, like, cause I have obviously I have a comedy background, but I don't think I'm that, I don't think I'm uh, very smart. Uh, so like when I see comedy <laughs> people do things that are outside of the world of comedy, I'm just like, well, how did you even like when Jordan Peele put out um, uh, get out? I was like, he had this yeah. whole other thing. He's, right. he's this good that he had this whole other thing. <laughs> And it's not just jokes. That's great. So, like, when it comes to, like, like genre stuff, I don't know exactly what it would be. I guess I could make a, um, I would make, I would make a fighting game, but it was, it would be a very realistic fighting game where if you were small, you have to put in your actual stats, your oh, real shit. life, your real life stats. And, um, so, like, I would say, okay, I'm five, six. Uh, I, I, I weigh what, like uh, a buck 70, not great. Uh, this, these are my stats. And then I would play online and then somebody with better stats than me would kick my ass. 
<laughs> that sounds like a great game, and it's virtual reality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not happening to you, but your character. It also, yeah, the thing about this game is that it has the best um, face map technology you can get. It ha- it looks nice. exactly like you, like not in a uh, kind of close sort of way. This looks like you're in the game for real, getting your real ass kicked or kicking real ass. Ass kicking simulator. I think you're onto something. Yeah, we gotta uh, maybe edit this out and write that one down. <laughs> but all right, uh, thanks for the question on that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Stephen Brin says, "Space old or steampunk?" Hmm. Well, I don't have any patience for steampunk. I I simply don't. <laughs> it's pretty out there. I can't do it, and you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to that steampunk. And if you are a, a steampunk person, I don't even know what you're. If you are a steampunk, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, but I I just don't I don't understand. I'd rather, uh, you know, I don't need to wear a hat that is powered by gears. Okay, and I don't goggles. or goggles. I don't need goggles. Thank you though. Um, but uh, and you know, I do think so. I'm on. I do say I think space is better than old, and I. You know, I, I I do think that. I think I'd rather be in a future than in the way past. But oh, for sure. If you ask me if if the question was Red Dead Redemption 2 or like Mass Effect, I'm going to say Red Dead Redemption 2. I'd rather play right. a game about the Old West. That's interesting. Than, I, I think I agree with both of those, honestly. Yeah, you because- know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. I totally get it. Yeah, so that's a really good answer. I, so space is your answer for that. Um, all right, Robert Persinger, the Drop King himself, uh, the of, Drop of King, Doughboy's fame. <laughs> he says, "Has Matt played the fan-made side-scroller Doughboy's video game?" You know, I don't, I don't, I don't think I have, and I, I, I didn't know that existed. What is, do you do? You know anything about this game? Okay, so yes, uh, he provided a lot more information. He said, "I hope the answer is no," and we can hear his reaction. So. <laughs> He said, here's a link to the game. It's an unfinished proof of concept. I'll send the link over to you right now. Uh, and he says, it's, but it's still really fun, and it only works on desktop. I punched this into my uh, browser earlier today, and it needs a lot of work. It's very slow, but it's in the concept and the, the art and everything. It looks fantastic. That's great. Um, yeah, so here, let me send that to you right now. Uh, definitely check that one out. So thanks for that, Drop King. But I think he also said... Uh, if you start in a video game, what kind of video game would you like to be in? Oh, if I could be in a type of video game, I think yeah. it would be, you know what? Put me in Red Dead. Put me in, put nice. Hashtag Matt Apodaca for Red Dead 3. There you go. <laughs> Get that hashtag going. People. I would love it because it's, you know, I, I play, I put so many hours in that game. I love that game so much. Um, and I have, I don't want to spoil the game, but I have a save from right before a very pivotal um, part of the game occurs uh, so that I can go back to that save and do side missions without having to experience a different part of the game. And that's what I'll say. Right. Okay, fair enough. I only have about like four or five more questions for you from these people. Uh, let's see. Keith Kelly says, if you didn't do work in comedy, what would you be doing? God, um, I joke about it and I, you know, I, I based my character on Bang Bang on this principle, but I uh, before I even had any sort of job in comedy, I worked um, 
before I worked at UCB and was an intern at UCB, I also worked at the the improv over here in Hollywood, uh, the stand up club. And um, before that, I worked at a grocery store, Albertsons. I don't know. Uh, I know that I, it's a that's a chain grocery store, but I don't know if it's like a uh, sort of nationally a national chain. Um, but it's it's definitely around. But I worked there, and there are many times, even in my life now, where I'm sort of like, "Wow, that was a simpler life." You leave, you know, gro- you, you, the grocery store stays at home. You get <laughs> you don't have to you don't have to worry about uh, go backs at home. You don't got to worry right. about uh, you know. Uh, code 100s at home fair enough yeah but i don't know if i would want to work at i would still be working at a grocery store i guess there was a world where i was getting a uh a degree uh at cal state long beach and i was thinking about being a teacher but i don't even know if i would want to do that i'd like i sometimes think about too being uh uh being a mechanic seems kind of fun oh right seems hard you have to know a lot of stuff (laughs) but like it seems like um, if you have like a puzzle solving mind that, you know, um, uh, fixing a car could be, uh, pretty satisfying, I think. Oh, absolutely. And once you see a certain problem a couple times, you get it under control. Um, one thing, uh, this person asked was about your catchphrase and they just basically said this or said, I, I want to know the backstory behind his famous and influential catchphrase. How did he develop it? Inspirations. Did it take a lot of tries and drafts to perfect, etc.? Pretty much just ask him about hello everyone for the whole episode. Thank you. I, well, so I think in the first few episodes when they introduced me, uh, when Nick and Heather introduced me, I didn't have like a set thing. I was trying out a few things and it became like a joke that I was going to find uh, something really good and it'll be it'll it'll be like a, a, a great catchphrase. And I think the reason that it stuck, what what, what I landed on, because I, I did sort of jokingly say, what if I just said hello, everyone, uh, because once I decided that it didn't have to be uh, funny or interesting, uh, it could just uh, be anything. And so I was like, oh, I'll just say hello uh, to everyone who's listening. And uh, then I think it, I think it became, if you want to call it iconic, iconic, uh, because, um, you know, by, by power of suggestion, it, you know, by, from uh, Nick and Heather and myself even, you know, saying, wow, what a great catchphrase. Because uh, then people <laughs> start being, hey, that is pretty good. So oh, yeah. I, I think it was, you know, people really responding to it, but also pe- uh, on our end being like, hey, let's let's make sure this is good. Yeah, for sure. It's t-shirt worthy, people. <laughs> There's a t-shirt sure. available on, pads, on podswag.com slash played, baby. Absolutely. Check that one out, listener. And that question or uh, request was actually brought to us by Michael L. Racino. I almost forgot to shout you out. I'm a terrible host. I only have uh, (laughs) two more for you. Uh, Haley Gonzalez asks, what are your hobbies besides playing games? Oh, well, I mean... Not a whole lot. I'm pretty, uh, I'm very boring. I, I I don't do anything very interesting. You know, I like to go, um, I like to go on hikes with my girlfriend. That's very fun. Um, I, I do play a lot of games. I'm trying to read more. I feel like I don't read, uh, nearly as much as an adult should probably. Uh, so I've been trying to read more. I'm reading, I'm reading, um, the console wars right now, which, you know, plays into one of my hobbies. It's, uh, uh, a, a nonfiction, 
book about uh you know Sega being kicked out of the the console game basically and it's it's pretty yeah. interesting so far. I know I know they're making a movie about it, but I wanted to read the book before the movie came out. <laughs> totally. That so, makes sense. Yeah, and I you know, I improvise. I I do shows every week I, I at the UCB theater and that's something that I uh I love to do. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. All right, and then the last fan-submitted question is from Christine Fredrickson. Uh, she asks, what's your favorite part of being a producer? Who is different than he expected off-mic, and who's the same? Um, That's interesting. I mean, uh, what was the first part of the question about? The first part was, yeah, I, I, I never mean to always ask two questions in a row, but no, I do okay. that like terribly. But uh, what's his favorite part of being a producer? Uh, you know, I do like – there is uh... – a creative satisfaction of being a producer, like especially with some of the shows I work on. Cause like I, uh, my hosts, uh, because I have, I think a, a background in comedy, trust me with, um, you know, like content cuts. So like if something's like not working or whatever, or like there, there there's could be a snappier, uh, edit to help an episode like clip along. I could, yeah. like I go in and, uh, sort of, uh, make a choice and usually they're pretty happy with it so that feels good um and then who's different and who's the same off mic uh correct well i know the answer for same is uh, gabrus yeah uh, i knew that <laughs> yeah gabrus is exactly gabrus all the time and that's one of the great things about about gabrus for sure um but who's different i'm trying to think of like who um it like who even like I don't know. I feel like everybody is about exactly what you think. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. The boys, there's there's the boys. Those guys are love them. They're obviously great and they're they're sweeties. But I think people would be surprised to know that they're even sweeter than they are on the show. That's awesome to hear. I'm yeah. a huge fan of them, and that's what I mean. It's funny how they kind of did the same thing with their uh, engineers and producers. Like they bring them into the conversation. Like yeah. they kind of more or less troll them more. But like <laughs> I, I love that uh, they just include everybody that's yeah. there. Those are great guys. For sure. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for those questions I had for you. But uh, before we let you go, let's maybe play a quick game of what's that sound? All right. Alright, so we're playing What's That Sound. It's pretty self-explanatory, but I will explain the rules. Uh, we're going to play two games. Uh, to win a game, you need to get two out of three sounds correct, uh, but you could always get the hat trick if you get all three of them. I try to make this as easy as possible for our guests, uh, as people know, but for my own co-hosts, I make it damn near impossible. So hopefully you'll be able to get some of these. Uh, the biggest hint is... There's uh, most of them are from the roster of how did this get played episodes of games you've already covered. Oh, wow. But there is one uh, wild card in there, so to speak. So let's see what you think of these sounds. Let's start with sound number one now. Okay, here we go. This is the E.T. theme. Yes, it is. (laughs) You're already, you can turn it off. You knew that immediately. Yes. That's the thing. that game is so bad. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. We, I, just, I only knew it because we made a big point 
to talk about how shitty it is. <laughs> it was. And that's what I mean. We didn't even get to the rest of the sound clip. There's just like that awful pitter patter of him just walking around. It's God. so bad. Like, yeah, I think it's better. We spared our listener. Yeah. All right. So you're off to a really good start. That's what I mean. Some of these first ones are pretty easy, but let's see what you make of sound number two. Okay, here we go. Want to come work for me? Must be tough out here on your own. Oh, it's this is fragile from uh, yeah. Death Stranding. Yeah, oh man, <laughs> immediately you're you're on point, dude. That's awesome. Well, that's the thing. You did say you were playing that, so I thought you'd get that. So, yeah, all right. and I also um, my brain is not good. I don't know any math or anything that it could help society any sort of way. But I, <laughs> this is uh, weirdly the thing that I can do. Yes, we found it. Uh, but that's what I mean. All right. You already won game one, but let's see if you get the hat trick. I think if I'm not mistaken, if memory serves me right, this is the wild card. So let me know what you think this game is. Let's listen to sound number three now. All right. They've come. So what brings you chumps here? Chumps. Isn't it obvious? I'm here to get my son back. Oh, Where is he? You're hiding oh, the... somewhere, aren't you? Oh, is this Catherine? Me a headache, so I locked him up nope. No. Good guess. You get two more guesses. But forget about the rot. Don't tell me you actually think you stand a chance against me. You fool. You're not even fit to call yourself a Saiyan. Prepare oh, this die. is a this is a Dragon Ball Z game for sure, but I don't know what which one because Dragon Ball Z is a um a blind spot that I have unfortunately. Oh, it's okay. Well, that's the thing. Uh, you you nailed it. The way this game works, even if you guess the franchise correctly, you get that one right. So Two. you get the hat trick. So that's uh, amazing. But that is specifically from the game Kakarot. And the reason it's a wild card is because it's a game I'm playing currently. I'm on a big <laughs> DBZ kick. It's unbelievable. We just had on our last episode a podcast, Kame House Party, and they were a blast. So I recommend our listeners, if you didn't check that one out, definitely go listen to that. I feel like but, I should, uh, I'm missing out. I, should, I feel like I, on paper, should love love dragon ball z and like have grown up uh alongside of it like people uh, friends of mine being into it and i just never was like i was always just like no no thank you but i should no, that's I should fine do the work. honestly you're better off there's hundreds of episodes and it's all really bad writing like there's nothing special there it's half naked men screaming at each other and powering up and trying to take on the next best uh, enemy so i feel like uh looking at it from that perspective it, it's not <laughs> for everybody but i just feel like there's a lot of nostalgia for people our age if you did grow up with it so oh, yeah that's basically what i'm going through and it, it is fun to revisit and I, really what makes the whole franchise is the characters there's like krillin I, you gotta love him yeah oh, um, you gotta love krillin that's what I mean. Uh, and I know Ify at one point had a DBZ podcast uh, with Danny Fernandez That's called right. Krillin' It. Krillin and it. I was like, God damn it. I was looking for episodes of that and I can't find the feed anywhere. So oh, I man. sent him a DM. Hopefully they can figure that out. <laughs> um, but all right, you crushed it. You got the first hat trick. Let's see if you can finish this second game uh, the same way. Let's listen to sound number four now. All right, here we go. Oh. Welcome to another game day here on the MFL Network. This is Mutant Remote League Football. Yes, it is. Uh, yes. I guess MFL is kind of a dead giveaway. <laughs> I sort of knew that, that it was that, but I wanted to confirm, and then they did say it. But uh, because I remember uh, Heather's uh, coach character from that episode was very yes. fun. <laughs> Love it. Oh, man, that's fantastic. All right, so you got that one, too. All right, two more for you. Let's see what you make of sound number five. All right, let's see. 
Hmm. A cat. Oh, is this Kitten Squad? Yes, it is. And God. that's the thing. I was completely unaware of that game until you guys did an episode on it. And wow, that game doesn't look great. <laughs> no, and I, the only reason I was even like hesitant was because I... I hated the sound of that game so much that I was playing it like on like the lowest volume or practically mute. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I know. That's honestly when I uh, quiz my co-host Brendan a lot of the time, he'll be like, I never even heard the sound effects from this game because I was listening to podcasts while I was playing it. I was like, <laughs> I know what you mean. Oh, man. But all right, you're on track to getting a double hat trick. Let's see what you make of sound number six. Great. Here we go. Good evening. This is Catherine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No. Oh, man. I might have made this a little too easy, but I wanted to make sure uh, you crushed it. And you did. That was fantastic. Way to flex on everyone. Actually, well, here's what you can do. You go back in and say, this is the hardest quiz I've ever made. (laughs) And then (laughs) I come out looking like a real genius. There you go. And now yeah. you're teaching me how to be a better <laughs> producer. This is great all around. So I'm going to take some notes here. Uh, I'll try to edit that in if I can. All right. But no, that's how we play What's That Sound. What is this? Can I, I – look, there's a – I don't want to peel back the curtain too much here. There's a six B. There's a second. There's a second Uh, six here. That was going to be if in case we struggled with this, but I don't even know why I did that. But if we want to listen to six B, we can. Let's play it for our listeners just for fun. Here we go. An unconventional romantic. This is also Catherine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was more or less the helper if you didn't get the first one. So that's why it's six A and B. I do that on occasion if I think I need it. But yeah, that six B is a dead giveaway. (laughs) Very, very good. Um, but all right, that, that was a total blast. Thanks for so much for being on our program. Uh, we've talked about all of the podcasts you're a part of, but now's our chance for plugs. I would love for you to tell our listeners where they can find you on the internet and listen to your shows. Well, they can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt Apodaca. I, uh, I post there, uh, on those respective platforms. I'll, I tweet on Twitter and I post Pictures on Instagram. That's what I do there. Um, and then you can um, listen listen to all the shows that I mentioned at the top. I, you know, I, I love uh, the shows that I work on. Query, Culture Kings, oh my gosh, <laughs> Improv for Humans, and How Did This Get Played? Um, and then I have my own shows uh, outside of work called Candy Dinner with Ify Wadiway. Uh, and What's What These Homies Talking About Weezer? And then there's going to be... I keep saying it, and it's going to happen soon, uh, but the Weezer show is coming back as a Beastie Boys show for a little bit, uh, and then once the once the new Weezer album comes out, it'll be a Weezer show again. Uh, awesome. Then, yeah. Oh, man, that's exciting. Yeah. So that'll Very be soon. Cool. I don't have a date for it yet. I have one recorded. I got to just get back to work on it. Cool. Well, thanks again so much for joining us. Uh, and listeners, if you like our show, give us a like, follow, subscribe at ABT Silence on all of the social platforms. Also, twitch.tv slash ABT Silence, occasionally uh, streaming some games over there. Um, but like I said, it was uh, a blast having you on our show. Thanks Hopefully, for having me. Maybe we'll hear from you and Iffy again in the future. But uh, until next it. time, uh, see you guys next week. Bye bye. Bye.